0: Welcome to Odin Code Crimes. My main focus is on true crime including code cases, disappearances, and murders. The purpose of this podcast is not just to talk about the crimes, but to keep them alive and with your help solve some along the way. You can follow me on social media in the links in the description, and if you have case suggestions, you can email them to Odincodecrimes at gmail.com. Merrill, Wisconsin is a little over 100 miles northwest of Green Bay. It has a population of just over 9,000 and a lot of small-town charm. It was given the nickname, the City of Parks, and named one of the best places to live in the U.S. Janet Roche was born to Marilyn and Leland Roche on July 24, 1964. She grew up on a small farm just a few miles outside of Merrill with her parents and two older sisters, Nancy and Bonnie. The family was tight-knit, especially Janet and her sisters. They worked hard belling hay, cutting grass, tending to the family garden, and other chores to make sure the farm was running smoothly. When they weren't working, they spent as much time as possible together outside, fishing and playing. All three sisters went to high school in Merrill and played in the band. Janet played the trumpet, and her sister Nancy described her as very happy and never letting anything get to her. After graduating from high school, Janet went on to study business at the University of Wisconsin in Stevens Point, about 50 miles from her hometown. In October 1984, Janet, who was 20 at the time, decided to go home to Merrill to see her father for the weekend. She never made it home. After her father and friends reported her missing, police declared her a missing person on October 15, 1984. No one knew where she was, not her family, friends, classmates, or coworkers, until a little over a month later. On November 17, 1984, Janet's partially clad remains were discovered by two deer hunters in Buena Vista, Wisconsin. The area was sparsely wooded and about 300 feet off the road near the intersection of highways 54 and J, about 15 miles south of Stevens Point. Police were notified and arrived on scene just before 1 p.m. Janet's family was notified that her remains had been found around 5 p.m. that evening. Based on what they saw at the scene, police immediately treated her death as a homicide. The evidence collected during the initial investigation that was used to determine this has never been made public. Investigators began interviewing anyone and everyone who might have information. Some students reported seeing Janet at Watson Hall, a dorm on campus, around 8 a.m. on October the 11th, 1984. She was said to be wearing a blue windbreaker hiking boots and carrying a maroon duffel bag police received another report of a woman fitting janet's description hitchhiking on highway 54. this was confirmed when an acquaintance said they picked her up and dropped her off at the intersection close to where her body was found janet's remains were sent to the medical examiner for an autopsy due to the state of decomposition an exact cause of death could not be determined. But with additional testing, strangulation was listed as a probable cause. At one point in the investigation, police had a suspect, but the district attorney didn't have enough evidence to arrest or convict. In 2002, 18 years after the murder, police received a new tip. With permission from the family, Janet's body was exhumed to investigate. With the advancement of technology, DNA testing was also done to see if the perpetrator left any evidence behind. The exhumation rendered no new evidence, leads, or suspects. In 2013, almost 30 years after her murder, the sheriff's office received an anonymous letter. They were hopeful because the letter contained information that was not made public. Investigators tried to track down the author but they were never identified. The existence of the letter wasn't made public for almost a year. The contents of the letter have never been made public, not even to Janet's family. Investigators, family and friends hope the author of the letter will come forward. They may have information that will produce new evidence, lead to an arrest and conviction and bring closure to the family. Over the years, some people have criticized investigators for keeping details of the investigation private. The details of the initial investigation, the letter, and exhumation were never released in hopes of finding the perpetrator. There is information in these reports that only the killer would know. Investigators have spent decades trying to crack this case, but it seems impossible They even re-interviewed anyone they could find from the original investigation. They traveled to many states, including Florida, Illinois, Maryland, Minnesota, New York, Pennsylvania, and Tennessee. The process took years to complete, but no new leads, suspects, or arrests were made. Almost 40 years later, they refused to give up. The case is still active and police continue to search for anyone with information including the author of the letter. If you have any information regarding this case, please contact the Merrill, Wisconsin Police Department. That's it for this episode of Odin Code Crimes. If you have information regarding this case, contact details are in the description. Please be sure to check out my YouTube channel for this case and others with images, videos, news releases, and more. Thank you for tuning in and I'll see you next time.